0: Hello, this is Mike McDivitt, Interim Pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church, here on June the 4th. Good night. The uh, the year's really flying, isn't it? If you would, turn with me to Mark chapter 8 this, to, this afternoon here, or whatever time I guess you're listening to this, right? But uh, Mark chapter 8, we're going to read 34 through 38, if you would. Mark... Chapter 8, 34-38 And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. Then whosoever will save his life uh, shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what it, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words in, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Let's pray, dear Father. I just thank for this day you've given us, Lord. I pray, dear Father, that you will just show us in your Word what you would have for each of us today. I thank you for all the blessings you bestowed upon us, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I want to talk today about your cross, your cross. And in these this 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 few verses here in the beginning here, he says, uh. But whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. The meaning of the cross is often misunderstood. The cross is an emblem of suffering and shame. It's a symbol of disgrace. And it was the worst possible way to die. It caused the most pain and suffering of anything that the Romans had, of any torture that they ever devised. It was a, it was a shameful thing. They stripped you naked. They... Some they taught, I spoke, but Jesus Christ, they nailed to the cross. And you die of suffocation. You can't lift your diaphragm anymore. And it's a very slow, painful way. You're in front of a crowd throwing things at you. You're naked. You're beaten. You're humbled. You're dying. And you're in pain. There's not any more of a, a, a harsher death. You could die. And uh even the one part of the Bible said, curses the man's hung on a tree, right? It just it, it's uh it, it's just a shameful way in that part of the world, especially to die anywhere really. And I and, and and Jesus Christ did so uh of his own free volition. And it says here that if we come to follow him, we are to take up our cross. Now the cross can be many different things, but I heard a Chinese Christian man in his testimony. His name was Epiphras. Not a Chinese name, is it? His parents must have been Christians because that was one of uh, Paul's uh, sidekicks. Named him after that. He was an old man, and he had lived a hard life. He got thrown in jail for over twenty years, and uh, very hard life. And he said about taking up his cross, this was his joy, to be like his master. Sometimes we think, the hard times come in life, and it's not fair. Well, what is fair? <laughs> and we're going to go through some of this today, about taking up your cross. And Jesus took it up willingly. And really, we're not forced into it, are we? Where does it start? Well, let's look in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, a verse everybody knows. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You, you, may, you can imagine that. God gave his Son. Why? So that you and I could come to know him and be saved. When Jesus Christ took that, He He was born, lived, and He died. And that whole span of his 33 and a half years, he was looking to what? The cross. In the meantime, he wasn't really going by the culture. He was really going towards uh having many enemies, but he looked. To the prize. And part of that was the cross. You don't think of it that way, do you? But without the cross, you and I would not be going to heaven. I said, whosoever, that includes you, includes me, your neighbors, your friends. It it includes the world. For God so loved who? The world. God loved the world so much that he allowed his son to go on the cross. And since he did... When you and I get saved, it's the beginning of our journey with him. And to begin your journey with him, like we had re- read in the previous verse, we are if we're going to follow him, we take up the cross and follow him. It is part of the journey of a Christian. You say that's not that's not uh uh uplifting. Well, I know a lot of the preachers nowadays all they do is only uplifting sermons right they don't talk about sin they don't talk about hell they don't talk about responsibility they they talk about only things that will gain them popularity really but really the bible tells a preacher to do what reprove rebuke and exhort reprove and rebuke that's that's Not so fun of things to talk about, but it's part of a preacher's responsibility. Exhort's just one third of that. And part of that is to explain the cross that we bear. What's your cross? Hey, it could be something physical you're going through right now, hasn't it? Maybe a loved one died. You know? Maybe uh, you're going through some troubles with work. But you're still serving the Lord. There's a lot of things that people struggle with on a day-to-day basis. I know many people that struggle with their cross. And they turn their back on the Lord because of it. We talked a few weeks ago about God walking with us through this life. And he talks about him. You know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And what's a yoke do? You both pull together. You're not going to take up that cross alone, my friend. In other words, he'll walk with you. And it starts with salvation. I could read here in John 3.16 about the reason he did what he did. That whosoever, you know, who's who's that whosoever? For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's a reason for the cross that Jesus bore. There's a reason for the cross sometimes we bear. I'm telling you, sometimes it's circumstance. My mother got uh, cancer. That was a cross. But you know what she did? She bore that cross and took that cross and used it to witness to many, many people and to show her children what a Christian does when those times come. And she charged death with no Fear, at least, that I can see. Isn't that something? It's remarkable, really. She told me that uh, I showed you boys how to live a Christian life, a godly life. And I'm not going to show you how a Christian dies. I'm just changing addresses is all. How do you going to bear your cross? Sometimes it's things that we do, isn't it? I do a lot of stupid things, and so I have to bear that cross. <laughs> what do you do? You look to Christ and you keep moving. Keep moving. Don't complain. Don't whine. Keep moving. Let's look at Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 25 and 26. And there went out a great multitude with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father or his mother or his wife, or his children, or his brother and sister, yea, in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What does he mean by that? Does he say that we're supposed to hate everybody in our life? No. Compared to Christ... It would seem that way. Why? Because we put God first. Part of taking up your cross is to deny yourself and to put him first. That's not only uh, that he'll hate his father, but it'll be like himself too. And that's again, it's not hating you. It's not hating your father. No, it's that you love Christ that much that you put him first. I've seen this in my parents' lives. They put God first. And God had worked through their lives so much. I've seen this in other godly Christians' lives. Pastor Bruce Cummins. I've seen this in his life. I've seen this in uh, so many godly Christians down through the years. and you know, The ones who put God first, you can tell who they are. And in doing so, does that remove any love from those people that said to hate? No, that's because it doesn't mean that. Like I said, it means that you love God that much. It would seem as though hate, but I'd say if you put God first, you will actually love those ones even more because you are walking with the Lord. You are you are denying yourself. And serving him. And he shows you. The kind of love you should have for your spouse. Your parents. Your children. In walking with the Lord. You will start to reflect his character. In other words. In denying yourself. And putting God first. It will be reflected in your marriage. Your home. Your relationships. It will be reflecting in your desires. Your desires. And instead of in this me generation, you will not be all about yourself. I know that's counterintuitive to what they teach today. But it is the way it's supposed to be. For a Christian, you put God first. These days they say, no, you put yourself first. No, 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 no. You put God first. Then you put some others ahead of yourself. If you put yourself last, you gotta work that. You know as well as I do. You'll automatically want to put yourself first. So you you purposefully, with purpose put God first. You purposefully with purpose put others ahead of yourself. And guess what? You'll be taken care of. Believe me. You are to deny yourself. That is part of taking up your cross. Your cross. Nobody else is yours. Verse 27, right after this. And whosoever will not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What's a disciple? A follower of Christ. You have to bear your cross. You deny yourself. You get saved. You're you're starting your journey. You're denying yourself, putting him first. Then you bear your cross. This is a choice. The cross comes with many different uh, ways about it. People have different crosses. The believer's cross mimics his Lord's cross though. In the world that we live in, it would be abnormal. This cross that they bear. It follows God and his ways. It's hated by Satan in the world. You take a stand with the Lord. And as you take a stand with the Lord, you're taking up your cross. You're hated by the world, but that's okay. So is Christ, he says. But in suffering this reproach, it is to the glory of your God. And you know as well as I do, when you get saved, that's what you're trying to do, right? Glorify God in your life. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, starting here in verse 18, Matthew chapter 4, and it says, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a man into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Part of this cross is following Jesus. The man with the cross, the Christian with the cross, no longer controls his destiny then. He willingly gave his life to the Lord, this Christian, and then willingly gave his life on this earth to the Lord And in doing so, he's free. He's free. He's free to pick that cross up or not. But by picking it up means that you are following your master. By picking it up means you're following your master. There's a song that we sing in church. I won't I won't uh aggravate you by singing it, but I mean, let me quote a few words of the song when we walk with the lord in the light of his word what a glory he sheds on our way while we do his good will he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus with jesus but to trust and obey as we walk with the lord we're taking up the cross and we're following him you know, Jesus did this before, many, many years ago. People say, well, they took his life from him. No, 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 they didn't. No, they didn't. He was born, lived, and, 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 and uh, suffered those things that he suffered on the cross. But when he was born, he, he says in the Bible that his face was set as a flint to the cross. He knew that one day he was going to die on that cross for you and I. Somebody has to, either you're going to pay for your sins in hell, or you let Christ coming in your life and heart, heart and life and forgiving you of your sins, asking him to be your Lord and Savior and believing that he is the son of God and and has the power to forgive you and taking and, and taking that forgiveness, that gift by believing in him. You have the freedom to do so because he did that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 26. This this is the last verse. If you would, Matthew chapter 26. Because I'll hear a lot of people say, well, they took his life. Well, the Romans, well, the Jews, well, no, no, our sins put him there, my friend. Matthew chapter 26. Let's look around in verse forty seven we're going to read a few verses here i want to I think this is important to read these verses starting here in verse 47 and while he yet spake judas one of the twelve came with him a great multitude with swords and staves of the chief priests and the elders of the people now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying whomsoever i shall kiss that same as he hold him fast. And forthwith they came to Jesus, and said, "Hail, Master!" and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, "Friend, wherefore art thou come?" Then then excuse me, then they came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them, which were with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew a sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. You know what that means? He was aiming for his head and he juked, got his ear. That's what happened. And Jesus said unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all that they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father? And he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be, that this thus it must be? And it goes on to say when they, t- they took him. And in verse 56 it said that uh, but all this was done that the scripture of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then the disciples forsook him and fled. Christ. Took up his cross willingly. He could have called angels. Said he could have called. More than 12 legions of angels. Can you imagine? If. He wanted to. He was part of the Trinity. Spoke the world into existence. He could have just spoken a word. He didn't have to do that. But like we take up our cross in this world and serve the Lord. He took up his cross willingly. He gave his life. It wasn't taken from him. He kind of told he told Pilate that, didn't he? You know. He said, you know, I have the power to that. He said, you don't have the power unless my father gave it to you. Understand this. That if you have a cross that you're bearing right now, my friend, you're bearing it because the Lord allows it. That might sound harsh. As I don't really know what you're going through. We've all been through things, haven't we? Loss of loved ones, health issues. But I'm going to tell you something. God will walk with you through it. He will help you with that cross. And as you take up that cross like a Christian you will show the world what a Christian's made out of, like my mother did. In the old days, they would look at the, they would look at Christians, and they'd look how, how much they're not afraid of dying. They couldn't believe this. Why weren't they afraid of dying? Well, because they know where they're going. They're Christians. Their soul, their heart, their lives, their body, that's the Lord's. You could kill the body, but you can't kill them. Something to be said for that, isn't there? So whatever you're going through today, my friend, the cross that you're bearing, be like Epiphras. That was his joy, he said. Walk through that valley, that hard time. Take up that cross. Ask the Lord to help you and serve him anyway. My dad used to say, that's what a real man does. He dusts his knees off and gets up. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what a Christian does, doesn't they? Don't they, Rather, They are uh, going through hard times. They look to Jesus and they keep moving. And the world looks at them and says, how can they do that? Well, it's because it's God, right? It's a God thing, right? Yes, it is. Well, I'm going to add that there. And I pray that uh, you will have gotten something out of these scriptures. I did. I did today. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will open up what we have heard and help us this week to serve you with it, to apply your word to our lives. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you've given us. We pray, dear Father, we will serve you with all of our hearts this week. We will take up our cross and follow you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope you have a great week, a good Sunday tomorrow. Please, please witness to some poor lost soul, would you? God bless you.